Awesome. Can we thank Pastor Graham? Phenomenal. You guys can grab a seat. We're going to come around his word today. Carla, great job. Thank you. Can we thank Carla and the team as well? Slide that back for my solo a bit later. All right, good to see you guys. If we haven't met yet, my name is Dan, my wife Hannah, and I get the honour of leading this incredible church. Hello, kids at the back, how are we? Good. Uh, talking to God's kids, no, just kidding. Uh, well, yeah, once a month, great to have them here. I always think, I can't imagine Jesus wait till everyone was quiet and then the keys were playing in the back before he taught in the streets. So uh, if we can get through... Today, I'm pretty sure we'll feel just right at home in the streets of Jerusalem. Amen. All right, we're going to come into a preaching series called Helping Others See Jesus. If you missed last week, uh, our cards came late. They will be on your seats around you. And our focus for this year, especially if you're new and and you haven't been with us uh, the last few years, we've preached in 2021 after the chaos of 2020. We, We preached a whole year on walking in Him. And focusing on the, the importance, the, the imperative nature, the centrality of us and Jesus. Nothing else beats that. Amen? And something we were saying regularly there, I just want to keep drumming home. I pray that we will all kill religion, kill cultural Christianity, where we see ourselves as right with God because we go to church once a week and don't do big sins. That's not what this is about. This is about you and Him. Be in Him. You are in Him. We preached in Colossians, four chapters and 44 times. It talks about us being in Christ through what He did for us on the cross. And so we want you to, it's dark right now, but there's a scripture on the wall. It's really helpful. And uh, then we preached last year on walking in Him together. And we spoke about unity and uh, working out our salvation in a local context of believers how the New Testament doesn't support the thought of being an isolated Christian, but it calls you to be part of a body in a local church where your roots go deep, where you add to it, but you're also added to. And that's what we want to focus on last year. So this year, we want to do a whole year on walking in Him together for others. And I want us to see that this is not, I was trying to stress last week, this is not like a program or a system or something we're doing for 12 months, but... A natural part of you being a Christian, you being in a relationship with Jesus, is you being used by Him to take His love and message to the world. Amen? And when we get that, I promise you there's something in the Bible I want to pull out. Our joy as Christians actually lies in being on mission with Him. This world cannot offer you ultimate joy. It cannot. It offers you temporary pleasures, but not kingdom joy. And kingdom joy is a product of being on mission with Jesus. And that, what does on mission mean? It means actively taking His love into the world, His truth into the world, His grace into this world. People need Jesus. I'm convinced of it more than ever. And that's what we're called to do. Amen. And so for the next two months, I want us to look at that, that nature of helping people see Jesus. There's two stories I want to focus on for a month each. This month, I want to look at Zacchaeus. And next month, I want to look at the Samaritan woman. And I want us to look today as we launch Zacchaeus. uh, We'll read out Luke chapter 19. If we can get that, please, Mirica. We're going to just break this down over the next few weeks. Anyway, I want to talk today about helping people get above the noise. Get above the noise of the kids being in the auditorium. So 
Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus, and he was his chief tax collector in the region. He had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house. I love this. In great excitement and joy. But the people, it's always the people. (laughs) The people who stopped him seeing Jesus, the people who blocked him, well, now that he actually sees Jesus and receives Jesus, they were the ones who were displeased. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people of their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Amen. The Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. So therefore his church is called to partner with him to seek and save those who are lost. Something I ummed and art about starting at the start of this year and just kind of talk myself out of that I wouldn't mind doing more and more on Sundays at this time is just saying the Lord's Prayer together before we get into the Word. So can we close our eyes and just look away to Him? It's a powerful thing that He taught us how to pray. Diedrich Bonhoeffer says, it's God putting His words in our words so we learn to communicate with Him. So together, our Father in Heaven, we, we love You, our Dad in Heaven. You're our Father, you're our Dad. Receive that spirit of adoption through whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Holy is your name. And there's no one like you, Lord. We pray today and forever that your kingdom would come and your will be done on earth as it's done in heaven. The kingdom where you are king, the kingdom where you have all power, the kingdom where you're in control, the kingdom where your good, favourable will is done. We want that. We crave that in our families, in our house, in our workplace, in our street. I pray your kingdom would come. Your will be done. Pray today you'd give us our daily bread, both provide for us our physical needs, but also the revelation that comes from the Word of God would be bread to our soul. God, we pray that you would give that revelation. I'm convinced that no matter how I preach, I can't give a revelation, but you can. So we pray you bring it today, Lord. Give us today that daily bread. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us that we wouldn't be proud and hold on to grudges and hold on to bitterness and hold on to offences or try to make people pay for how they've wronged us. You've forgiven us freely. Help us to forgive other people freely. We release them. People right now, put them on our heart. When we think of them, we bring them to you, that offence, and we release it. We're not going to hold on to that anymore. Please, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The temptation to worship creation above the creator, the temptation to make things you made good, but we worship them and think about them and crave them and idolize them more than we think about you. Deliver us from that. 
And Lord, I pray that yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. He's a good God. Amen. Helping people get above the noise. Helping people get above the noise. And I thought, what a perfect week to preach on this with chaos at the back. So to add to the noise, we just sprinkled Skittles across the back. There's a tub of red cordial somewhere and just to make it real fun. Let's go for it. Um, Something I want to do, I forgot before we get into today as well. Chris and Kathy White, can you please come on up here? Can we thank you and honour you for a second? Come on up here, guys. Incredible, beautiful, faithful, wonderful people. Look at you guys. Still looking 45, yet somehow this week, you guys celebrated 50 years of marriage. 50 years, can you believe it? I love these two with my entire heart. Uh, For those who don't know, Pastors Eric and Christine, who are away ministering this week, uh, they're here every other week, started our church. This Easter will be 42 years ago. And you guys had been friends with them for many, many years before that, uh, discovered God and started this church together. And the thing I love about the story, as often as I can, I love when you guys tell it, but you had no intention of starting a church at the start. You started walking the streets and talking to people about Jesus and leading them to the Lord. And then they started coming to your house for small group Bible study till a house overflowed and you had to start a church. And I think, I want that to be the heart of our church forever. That this preaching series wouldn't just be a preaching series, but that heart for people to see Jesus and meet Jesus. You guys embody that to this day. Uh, giving up years and years to teach the Bible, MTC, to lead us in prayer, Kath, for decades and decades. You guys uh, embody Jesus to so many of us and we are forever grateful. So this is very small token, but we want to thank you guys and honour you for your faithfulness to each other, your faithfulness to our church, and above all, your faithfulness to Jesus. We love you. There we go. Enjoy. Helping people see Jesus. I'm going to do something else today too that, oh, where did that go? Um, look, if anyone knows me, I have no desire to um, create controversy or anything like that. My goal constantly is to help us look at the Bible and together let it shape us. And so in doing so, I'm just so convinced that Christians are called... I'm going to elaborate more on this a bit later, but we're called to, to focus 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19 will tell us that we, because we've been brought close to God, we have a ministry of reconciliation. Christians are called to focus on reconciliation and bringing people to God. And, and I was at home sick the, the Sunday after Australia Day, but something I wanted to do was, was kind of celebrate the word corumban. For though I've brought it up many times before, but I love it. it I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong. I'm sorry, in the Banjalang language, but the local, the dialect, corumban means place where high trees grow. I love that. I love that because of this story of Zacchaeus. It's one of my favourite stories in the Bible for so many reasons we'll talk about in the next month. But this is a place where we help people get above the noise. 
It's a place where high trees grow. And so in the spirit of reconciliation, C3 Karumbat acknowledges the local Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples and their connection to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Something that I want to say, and I'm not trying to talk for anyone in the community, but I feel that when it comes to Australia and Australia Day, it's not about only resting in the pain or only resting in the joy, but being other people oriented. So I want us as a church to both acknowledge the pain that it represents for so many people, while also celebrating this beautiful country we live in and the freedom that we get through the sacrifice of so many other people in the wars and, the, and times of past. We acknowledge both sides. We, we celebrate this beautiful country while always striving for reconciliation. And above all, us as a church, always striving for salvation in Jesus. May we be a place where high trees grow. Amen. Zacchaeus came and in this beautiful moment, this crazy moment, encounters Jesus. And what I want us to do today is just look at again and again our calling. If you're a Christian, you have a calling. You are called to something bigger than yourself. Your own current ways of thinking, your own limitations, what you are called to do, you cannot accomplish by yourself. And you and I are called to help people see Jesus. And so in this moment, what we see is Zacchaeus comes to a crowd and because of the crowd, he actually couldn't see Jesus. I want us to stop and to think about that. First thing, let us not create obstacles. It's so easy for Christianity to become so introspective that we focus only on us or Jesus, we, we put it down into our boundaries. And in doing so, we actually stop people seeing Jesus. Remember, Jesus rebuked His own disciples when they tried to rebuke the children from coming close. When they tried to tell blind Bartimaeus to shut up. When they tried to tell the Syrophoenician woman, go away, he wants nothing to do with you. Even Jesus himself said that once, which is a, a funny concept. But when people are trying to create obstacles, Jesus often comes and challenges those obstacles. And you and I are called to not create obstacles. I think of these beautiful people. Okay, let's, let's put ourselves in the crowd. Otherwise, it's kind of easy to judge the crowd. If Jesus was walking by, I'd want to get close. I'd want to be there. I'd want to be seeing Him. He's only walking past. He's not even teaching. I would want to be there. And something I have to ask myself is this. In my pursuit of worship and a personal relationship with Jesus, am I also outward focused in helping other people come and see Jesus? I'm thinking how many people there were taller than Zacchaeus and it wouldn't have bothered them. Oh, dude, come to the front. You're so short anyway. I can still see him. It's fine. But because of a lack of outward focusness, or a lack of being on mission in their mindset, they actually stopped people coming close to see Jesus. 
Romans, what is it like this? Romans uh, 16, I think we have. Romans 16, I appeal to you brothers to watch out for those who cause division and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you've been taught. Avoid them. That's pretty crazy. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. It was recently on a Monday, my day off, and I was on my way for a surf, and I walked down Spotted this person I know, and they just couldn't wait. It was like a Monday, trying to serve, and they couldn't wait to start arguing with me about Calvinism. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, wait, what? He's like, no, 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 you know, like, you know, what perseverance of the saints, what's your opinion on that? And I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm kind of trying to silence it. We get out the back. Yeah, but what, where do you sit on cessationism and continuationism? Like, are you, do you believe in tongues is for everyone? You know, like the blah, blah, blah. But is that for us all, or is it just for a select few? And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, what is happening right now? And I just stopped, and I'm like, so what church are you going to right now? Oh, I haven't really found one that fits at home. I kind of visit this one. I'm like, oh, there it is. Someone so focused on conflict and tensions and division, but isn't just at church helping other people see Jesus. Avoid such people. Like, can I actually encourage you? Don't waste your time with people who are so nitpicky and want to divide and debate these little things that they're actually not helping anyone see Jesus clearer. Creating obstacles. I, I'm not saying turn on them. I'm not saying be mean to them. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is there's so many other people that need you to help them see Jesus clearer. I just don't invest heaps of your time over here. Let's not create obstacles. Second thing, the opposite, but it, I want us to be intentional with this as well. Let's actively destroy obstacles. Amen. Zacchaeus came and he couldn't see, so he actively found a way. He starts running and he finds a tree and he climbs. He's actively trying to get past obstacles, stopping us being one with Christ. I love, okay, first thing we need to understand is that that's what Jesus did when He came. Ephesians 2 words it like this. For we are God's masterpiece. You know, Ephesians 2.10, right? It's this beautiful statement. I want to read this out before we get into the context of what it flows into. God, He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Amen? We're called by God to do good things, good works. What are those good works? Don't forget, first and foremost, that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. There was a, a, an obstacle, there was a barrier. You lived in this world without God and without hope, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to Him through the blood of Christ. The finished work of the cross for Christ Himself has brought peace to us and He united us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people in His own body on the cross. He broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Together as one body, Christ has reconciled both groups to God gotten rid, destroyed obstacles, 
brought us back to God by means of His death on the cross. And our hostility towards each other was also put to death. He brought this good news of peace to us Gentiles who were far away from Him and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father. Obstacles gone through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. When you get grace, when you get that you didn't work your way to God, when you get that you didn't earn a relationship with God, but Jesus did all the work necessary on the cross to destroy obstacles and bring you to God, I'm praying that in your heart, you start to see that that's what you and I are called to do now as well. Actively destroy obstacles that hinder people from seeing Jesus. For time, I'll briefly look at this story in Mark 5. I just love this story so much. Hey, gorgeous. Mark chapter 5, I'll just read this out. When, t- when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that He was back home. Soon the house where He was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While He was preaching God's Word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralysed man on a mat. They couldn't bring Him to Jesus because of the crowd. Yet again, I don't think, it's not the crowd is malicious, but they're so focused on themselves and Jesus, they don't make way for the more needy, the paralysed, those in need. So these four guys dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralysed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. A few verses later, he also says, rise and walk. This is the attitude I want us to have, church. Think about this. The crowd were only focused on them and Jesus. The crowd were only focused on hearing Jesus, being close to Jesus, their walk with Jesus. But these four guys were other people focused. They were outward focused. They're on mission. How much easier would it have been for them just to go and hear Jesus and sit there and keep their hands clean? They get to hear all this teaching. They feel topped up. Oh, my cup just feels so full now. I've been hearing Jesus. These four people instead said someone else needs Him more than I do right now. More than I need to hear this message, this person needs to be healed. So my greater goal today than me hearing a message is bringing this person to the feet of Jesus. And I will do whatever it takes to get them there. This drivenness for removing obstacles, the crowd's in the way. There's gotta be another way to Him. We'll make a way. When there is no way, we'll make a way. And they go on the roof and they dig a hole anyway, lower Him down, like this is incredible stuff. But the heart I want you to catch is this miracle happened. Someone was healed. Someone's sins are forgiven. Someone's close to Jesus because four people were outward focused. Not just focusing on, oh, just me and Jesus. As long as I can get there today, as long as I can hear this today, as long as I can think about me and Him today, everything's good. Sometimes in doing so, there are other people who aren't being ministered to because we haven't had a chance to go out of our way to bring them. Amen? Let's be focused on that. Not just in invites. Um, 2 Corinthians 
4, I think it is. I've got it up there, America. Thank you. It's 10, verse 4, sorry. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. Catch this. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. Even if right now there's no one to physically pick up in your car and bring next Sunday, are you joining us in prayer? Are you joining us in prayer for God to touch their hearts? Are you joining us in prayer to, to literally, okay, this is probably a significantly bigger topic than I'm about to give it, but 2 Corinthians chapter 4 calls Satan the God of this world, blinding the minds of those who don't obey God. Our role as a church is to not use the weapons of the world, but instead engage in prayer and spiritual warfare when it comes to salvation. So what I'm asking is, are you praying for people to be saved with us? At least start there. If you're like, oh, I'm just so nervous and this and this, fine. Pray with us. Pray that God would do the work you and I cannot do and soften their heart and good seed goes on good soil. Let's use God's weapons to destroy obstacles that stop people from knowing God. If you and I are not that driven, I'm just going to suggest a thought. Maybe we need to rethink our conviction around an eternity away from Him. I haven't preached on hell before, but just maybe... We need to get out of this box and utopia world we live on the Gold Coast and just think, like David said, our nothing more than a handbreadth. James said, life here is nothing more than a puff of smoke here one minute and gone the next. Just maybe when we think about eternity, we can at least be praying for our work friends, people in the street. Amen. This year is about walking in him together for others. I'll finish with this. We want to just not create obstacles. Don't create obstacles. Destroy obstacles. For time's sake, let's be trees. Amen. I said Karaman is a place where high trees grow. I want us to be a tree planted that helps people see Jesus. Zacchaeus climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road. If you were with us in January, we just preached for a month through Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man. He walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffer. But blessed is the man who delights in God's word. What will they be like? They'll be like a tree planted by rivers of living water, producing fruit. My 100% conviction personally is the fruit as Christians is not second investment home, two shiny cars, heaps of money in the bank, stocks going really well. I don't think that's fruit that counts when it comes to the kingdom of God. Once again, I don't think God's got anything against rich people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I don't think that's kingdom fruit. I think kingdom fruit is people, just people. We're talking this week, Pastor Wayne used to always say, you can only take people to heaven, might as well focus on them. It's a good point. When a tree delights in God's Word and is planted by rivers of living water and it produces fruit, it's a tree focused 
on people. May we, what, what if we saw our goal? I'm not going to like over, I don't, I don't think I'm over preaching this. I don't know. I've heard a preacher once like talk about the man who planted the seed of the, fickamore, the sycamore fig tree going, one day someone's going to climb it. I'm not going to go that far. I don't think there was that much intention in the seed or the tree. I just think, but there is a tree. There it is. And this tree is what's helping people see Jesus. This tree is what's helping Zacchaeus get above the noise and chaos of the crowds and actually encounter Jesus. And that picture is what burns in my heart when I think of our church. So I've talked about Corumban so long, place where high trees grow. I think there are so many things happening right now, the news and social media and and different pastors having scandals and things like that, that they're just obstacles. And people are, uh, I would say even some Christians are probably making them bigger than they are, using it as an excuse to find fault in the church or not come. But for whatever reason, there's a lot of noise around Christianity right now. Let's just say that. And as opposed to fighting the people, <laughs> making a path for the Zacchaeuses to come through, what if we as a church just focused on being a place of high trees? And none of the people in the crowd are our enemy. We're not fighting you. Get out of the way. You're an idiot. I'm going to argue on Facebook or send you this cool article. Like We're not arguing with the crowd. We're just finding another way for people to come here and see Jesus clearly. That's the goal. That's the prayer. And when they come here, literally my prayer is when they walk in, the noise just goes and they see Jesus. Lord, help us in that endeavour. Lord, use us. Whenever anyone walks in this church and even beyond this building, whenever anyone encounters us, schools, shopping centres, the beach in our workplace, people who live in our street, help us, help people get above the noise and see you clearer and hear you clearer. God, use us in that way. Use us to help more people like Zacchaeus find you. Soften their hearts. Holy Spirit, I pray this week that you would use us that you would open doors, you would create moments. Give us eyes to see what you are doing, Holy Spirit, that we wouldn't miss an opportunity. Give us ears to hear that you are leading and guiding us. Speak to us, God, we pray we would be led by you. Your word clearly says, Romans 8, 14, those who are led by the Spirit, these are the children of God while we're your children. So please, Holy Spirit, lead us this week. The right person at the right time. And I pray you'd give us the right words to say or help us to know when to be silent. But use us to help people see you clearer. May we be focused on this ministry of reconciliation. For everyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. 
all of this is from God, who through Christ was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their sins against them, and then giving to them the ministry of reconciliation. We implore people on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Help us to see that you made us new creation. You reconciled us to yourself. You brought us home. But you've also at the same time sent us with this ministry of reconciliation. Help us be trees planted in your word. Trees planted in your word so people can come and see you clearer. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Can we stand to our feet please? Lord, we love you.